Sometimes I get the impression, and I know I myself uh, do this, I don't pay attention to the prayers, uh, the various prayer texts that the church gives us uh, for the various days. Uh, there are certain days that uh, it's obvious that we, uh, we can listen to and, and whatever. And today is one of those days that uh, if we're not paying attention, we might miss the theme that the church is really setting for us as we gather and begin this Lenten journey. In that relatively short opening collect, opening prayer, we have three particular words that in themselves might not be necessarily all that impressive or whatever, but together they spell something out for us. Those words are battle, campaign, battle, and weapons. This is a war that we are about to enter. And uh, when we t use that language in church or, or whatever, often we're, we, people get a little skittish about it or uh, a little afraid or whatever, but we remember that this war that we fight, as St. Paul tells us, is not a war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of, against spiritual evils. But even more so, the war that we fight, the war we're called to enter into during this Lenten season, is a war against our own brokenness, our own sinfulness, our own concupiscence, which is a desire to sin. I, I've used this before, and uh, I, I find it just completely so helpful. But from St. John, he names three concupiscences. The lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. We, the lust of eyes, we, we like to uh, surround ourselves with beautiful things and, and, and we let those things become more important sometimes in God. The lust of the flesh is not only of, of sexual desires or all those things that can be so easily twisted in our world, twist them in ways that I, I think St. Paul would say, wait a minute here, I, he couldn't even imagine or St. John not, it wouldn't even enter their realm of the ways we've twisted spiritual, uh, sexuality. But it's even to the point of gluttony and, and overeating and all those creature comforts. And the pride of life. We like when people like us. Oh, don't we see that one huge? Anyone that's on social media sees that, how, how are these so-called influencers uh, do anything for a like, and some of it is so dumb, but they'll do it for a like. Uh, we, all we have to do is just pay attention a little bit, and we see these concupiscences being played out, and it's easy for us to, to judge others, but in and of our, in ourselves, we have those same three concupiscences, maybe not to the level that we see it outside or whatever, but we need to struggle against these because we are called to lives of holiness. And we don't like that language of war, though, because we like to pretend there isn't one. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was reading uh, somebody who's going to be going uh, to Israel for the pilgrimage, uh, even, even though not, not the company that I'm using or going through, but another company. And, and he said, you know, I have friends that live, in, live there, and you wouldn't even know there's a war going on. Yeah, that's the nature of war. You can have a hot war, a war where bullets are flying and, and bombs are going off, and, and 10 miles away... You might hear some of the noise, 
but is peaceful. But the war that we fight is a war within. And if we don't fight it, guess who wins? Certainly not us. The war that we fight, yes, it's not Satan that, that is uh, demanding and, and every single thing in us and our, every single brokenness, but he wins when we lose. As already said, the church in that prayer tells us we should arm ourselves with weapons, spiritual weapons. And today in this gospel passage, we have three pretty powerful ones that are named. And I think that it's fitting and telling that our Lord would name these three particulars because they go directly against those three concupiscences. He tells us when you, when you give alms, don't let your left hand know what your right is doing, uh, but rather to give alms in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. But almsgiving, doesn't that go against that lust of the eyes? When we give our money, when we give of, of our wealth, when we give of the things we have, the things that, that we find so much comfort in, we find freedom from them. We find ourselves more able to not let them rule our lives. The fasting, or I'll go in order, praying. When we pray, we're in communication with the God who created us, the God who holds us in being, the God who redeems us and saves us. We submit to him, not to our own selves. Isn't this what the pride of life goes against? Well, I'm a God. No, no, I am not. I am a creature. And I need to pray to God to remind myself that I am a creature. A creature who is created in God's image and likeness, yes. A creature who is given invaluable worth, yes. But a creature nonetheless. To live my life with that awareness. And then fasting. And Jesus again telling us not to do it to be seen uh, how we can muss our, our hair up and all, all those things, and we can, uh, you know, oh, I'm so hungry. But if we do it for that, we lost everything. But when we fast, aren't we going directly against the lust of the flesh? We make our flesh, our stomachs, our minds hungry, knowing that our hunger is a good thing in and of itself. It lets us know that we have needs, but it's not a God in and of itself. That we make our bodies submit to our will, and we allow ourselves to feel that hunger, not only because it is good to, uh, again, get the lust of the flesh out of the way, to be able to live holy lives, but perhaps when we make ourselves hungry, we realize this is perhaps a state of life for many throughout the world. Many who have uh, what's modernly called food insecurities. Many who go without the creature comforts that we so readily enjoy. It makes us aware of all the good gifts, all the good things God has given. These three weapons are very, very powerful. But our Lord has given us so many more, so many more weapons and the number one weapon he gives us is the church, that we enter into this battle together, 
We don't do it alone, thank God. That we, as a community, are called to help each other grow in holiness, help each other to resist the temptations of, of the evil one, which even our Lord suffered those temptations, though not internally. We'll hear about that this weekend. But the temptations that we have because of our own concupiscence, the church helps us. The church gives us holy water. I, uh, I'll admit I was in a parish where uh, they were in the habit before I got there of taking away the holy water because we're entering the desert. Yeah, that's a nice pious thought, except anyone that knows anything about going into the desert, which I know very little about, knows you take water with you into it. Because without water, we're dead. As we go into this spiritual battle, and yes, it is a desert that we enter, the, these 40 days of Lent, we do them in imitation of our Lord who entered the desert to prepare for his public ministry. We take holy water with us, dousing ourselves perhaps with it, knowing that it is through this holy water, the reminder of our baptism, that we have hope, that we have salvation. And of course, the greatest, and when I say this, I'm very much aware that how people will hear it, but I'll say it all the same, but the Eucharist. The Eucharist is a profound weapon. Yes, we're accused as Catholics sometimes of weaponizing the Eucharist, of, of deciding who can and who cannot receive or, or whatever, but we have to remember that the Eucharist is our Lord, is our Lord the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. If that's true, we need to prepare our hearts and minds, and we need to make sure that we're doing what we can to have them prepared. If we're putting any roadblocks in between us and the Lord, any sin, any area, of, especially of mortal sin, any area of, of unbelief, any area of I will not submit, any area of arrogance, any area of pride, any area of these concupiscences, we should probably refrain. And St. Paul tells us in, to, in the, his letter to the Corinthians that perhaps that's why so many are suffering is because they are, do not discern what they receive when they receive our Lord. But for those who receive the Lord worthily, the Eucharist is a profound remedy, a great gift, the greatest weapon that the church has because it's Christ himself we call to mind as we begin this Lenten season, yes, there is a battle. A battle that needs to be waged. Not a battle that's going to be 10 miles away or 5 miles away, but a battle that's within us. A battle that we cannot escape. We can pretend it isn't there, and then we become just victims. We can, we can give wholly into the evil one, into this concupiscence, we become victims. Or we can take these weapons that the church has provided, that Christ has taught us to use, and we can conquer. When we stand before him, when we stand together at the Easter Vigil or on Easter Sunday and renew our baptismal promises, when we receive again the, the, the gift of holy water renewed for this new liturgical season of Easter, let us have hearts that have fought well the spiritual campaign that we're about, knowing 
that Christ is the one who really ultimately fights, that the war is already won, but the battle still wages in each human heart that struggles against sin.